Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Fellowship of Champions Church International Sunday Celebration. So good to see so many of you have logged on this morning. I hope you are having a blessed morning. I hope you are ready for the word of God. Remember, here at Fellowship of Champions, we say all the time that we are a church teaching you how to walk in love, how to live by faith, so that you may experience God's prosperity in every area of your life. And it is truly our, our desire to make sure that you are equipped so that you can live your best life life. Amen. Listen, you know what we ask you to do every time we join together. We come together and we ask you to let us know where you are watching from. Some of you, you may live in a state, but you may be on vacation. But that's the great thing about virtual service. You can tune in from wherever you are. So this morning, we want you to let us know where you are watching us from. Go ahead and hashtag live. If you are watching us live, you will know that you are watching us live because you will see in the uh, upper left-hand corner of your screen, if you're on your computer, uh, a little red button that says live. That means you are watching us live. So go ahead and hashtag the word live. And then also what we're going to ask you to do is to help us with some social media outreach. We're going to ask you to go ahead and, and, and tag your friends, tag your family, uh, let everybody know that, hey, we want you to come and be a part of what we're doing this morning. Also, if you happen to be catching this and you don't see the live red button uh, up in your upper left-hand corner, that means you're watching us on replay. So go ahead and hashtag replay. So let us know where you're watching from. Let us know if you're watching live or let us know if you're watching on the replay. Amen. Also, I want to just begin by saying welcome to all of our visitors this morning. Uh, as you are tagging people to, to watch the live this morning, as you are sharing it with your friends, if you're noticing some people you usually see on Sunday morning and you don't see them, go ahead and tag them. They won't mind. Say, hey, just want to check on you. Make sure everything is good. Come on, services start. They may have been fixing their breakfast or getting their coffee or didn't get the notification. So go ahead and participate in that social media outreach by liking and loving the broadcast tagging friends and family, share it on your page, share it on your story, uh, share it on a reel if you like. Uh, just help us to get this word out there to everybody that is uh potentially in need of what we're going to be sharing this morning. Also, welcome to all of our first-time visitors. So if you are a first-time visitor, uh, hello, hello, hello. If you are a first-time visitor, uh, you can just go to the comment section and just, just type first-time visitor, or you can just stick your hand up and say visitor, there's a little emoji hand with the and say visitor beside it or something, just type the word visitor. And one of our virtual greeters will be happy to come and uh, just, they won't, they, they, they don't ask you to come on screen or anything like that. They're just going to uh, re reply back to you and let you know that uh, you're welcome here. And if there's anything we can pray for you or anything we can do for you, uh, then by all means, let us know. Okay. Now, if you were with us as the broadcast was beginning, you saw that there were several announcements that were made about our weekly services. Uh, and so I just want you to keep those in mind. Uh, starting uh, this week, since this is Sunday, starting this week, remember, this is the week that we're going to be broadcasting going forward strictly to our Fellowship of Champions page and our Fellowship of Champions YouTube channel. So if you've been used to watching us from my page, Pastor Sean's page, Pastor Ralph's page, Pastor Chris's page, 
We're asking you to make sure you go and like the Fellowship of Champions Church page on Facebook. Go and like that page on Facebook. So that way you'll still get notified when we go live and you'll still be able to watch all of our services, uh, all of our prayer services on Tuesday and Friday. Uh, I mean, on Wednesday and fr on Wednesdays, so I keep saying Tuesday, we change that to Wednesday. Prayers on Wednesday and on Friday. And then also you'll be able to participate in refreshed Bible study uh, and so forth. So just remember those changes are happening. The other, other announcement I'll make before we get into today's message is I want to remind you about Relationships 101. Relationships 101 will be this Tuesday, February the 7th at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. It will be broadcasting from the Edwin and Shun Strickland Facebook page. So it's not this page. It's the Edwin and Shun Strickland Facebook page. You need to go. Make sure you've liked that page. Make sure you've turned live notifications on so that when we go live, you will be able uh, to get the notification and attend. And I'm so excited because the first time we did Relationships 101 in January, uh, we had just started it. Um, and we, I, I, I thought maybe we have 50 people to join us and we ended up with over 350 people. Well, this time so far, we have over 700 people who have said they are either interested or they are going. I think this morning I looked and there were over 400 people uh, who said, hey, I am coming to Relationships 101. Why? Because Relationships 101 is not just about marriage, right? Relationships 101 is about how do I learn to function better and more efficiently in all of my relationships, whether that's my family relationships, my work relationships, and yes, maybe my romantic relationships. How do I function better in all of those? And if I am married, how do I, how do I, how, how do I get my marriage better? And if I'm single, how do I get myself prepared for marriage if I want to be married? If, I, if I'm single and I don't want to be married, how do I fix these other relationships that are important to me. And so uh, people are excited. I'm excited. Pastor Sean and I are, are ready to go. And so we're asking you to join us for Relationships 101 on Tuesday, February 7th at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are looking forward to that. All of our other announcements, uh, you will we'll run through those again at the end. Uh, but I'm going to jump into uh, the word of God on today. I'm going to jump right into uh, this teaching that we've been involved for the last uh, four weeks. Uh, this is week five. And so I'm going to just go ahead and uh, grab this banner and jump right into uh, this word. And so we're going to be talking about how to walk with God. How do we walk with God and how do we get God's guidance? And for those of you who may just be joining in or maybe you were only here last week and you haven't caught all of the teaching, uh, I'm, I'm going to run through real quick, just a quick synopsis of what we've been talking about so that you can uh, understand what we're what we're doing and, and what we're saying. OK, because one of the things that we started with is we started with as a premise the guiding word that the Lord had given us. And I won't read all of it, but there's a section of it that I want us to just take a look at this morning. Here's how it begins. It says, so hold on to what you've heard this past year. And we know that the Lord gave us a specific word about 2022 and how he guided us through that year very successfully. He says to us, don't forget about the things that you've heard last year. He says, and he says, and be prepared for what is to come, 
For I have already opened up gates and released supernatural power for you. Now, we got excited when we heard that in December, and we're still excited because we've seen some of the things that God's already doing in the first month of this year. He says there have been gates that have been opened. He says, and he has released supernatural power on our behalf. It then says supernatural happenings have already, praise God, been assigned to you. It says, so don't forget that my plans for you, God's plans for you and I, they are always good. Praise God. Somebody ought to go ahead this morning. It's about 50 of you in here already. Go ahead and type in the comment section. Say, God's plans for me are always good. I love that. God's plans for me is always good. How do I know? Well, scripture backs it up. In Jeremiah 29 11, he says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. They are false to prosper you, to give you hope and an expected outcome. Amen. And so God says, don't forget that, that my plans have always been good. For I have desired to cause restoration, glory to God, to manifest in every area of your life. I don't know about you, but I love this. God says, look, if there's any area that has been broken down, if there's any area that has been problematic, is there any area where there has been lack in your life? It is my desire to cause manifestation to appear in every area of your life. He says, but how is this, how is this going to happen? He says, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to believe my words and you're going to have to watch as great ease begin, begins to come over you as you trust in me and as you let me walk with you. God says the only way that I'm going to be able to cause this manifestation that I have desired for you because all of my plans for you are good. And the only way that I'm going to be able to manifest all of this goodness I have for you is that I need you, number one, to believe my words. In other words, above all else, forget about what they're saying on television. Forget about what you read in the news. Forget about what you're seeing with your natural eyes. He says, I need you to, to know my word and to believe in it. In other words, I need you to trust it above all else. He says, believe my words and watch as you're believing my word, how great ease begins to come over your life. And that ease is going to come over your life in accordance or in direct proportionality as you trust in me and you let me walk with you. Don't try to go ahead of me. Don't lag behind. Let's walk together. I know the path that I'm trying to take you to. So walk with me. Let us partner together. It says, when we partner together, all of those things that have held you in bondage will be destroyed. Glory to God. He says, understand that everything that has held you captive, everything that has held you in bondage, everything that has stopped you. He says, when you believe my word and, and when you trust in me and when you walk with me and when we partner together, he says, all of those things that used to hinder you, I am going to destroy them. I am going to remove them. I am going to take them out of your life, right? And so it was so important for us that as we read through a portion of that guiding word, that we found the scripture that was going to anchor us. And if you remember, the scripture we used was Proverbs chapter three, 
It was verse five and six. And it says it like this in the, in the, in the Passion Translation. It says, trust in the Lord completely. Notice that. He says, do not rely on your own opinions, but with all of your heart, rely on him to guide you. Rely on him, watch this, to guide you. Because this is so important because we're talking about how to walk with God. Getting God's guidance. He says, in order to get my guidance, you got to trust in me completely. You cannot rely on your own opinions. And with your heart, you must rely on me to guide you. He says, and if you do that, then I will lead you in every decision, glory to God, that you make. He says, become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. Praise God. Somebody type in the comment section, say, Lord, lead me. Lord, lead me. Because God says, if you will allow me to, to, to guide you and to show you the way that these manifestations that I desire for you and the manifestations you want to see happen, they will come to pass. And so based on that, then we establish that, that it is the Lord's commitment to guide us, that God wants to guide us every single step of the way, and that he has several ways in which he does that, that God guides us. Uh, when, he, when, he, when he's guiding us, he will guide us through scripture, right? He'll guide us through his spirit. He will guide us using signs, and then he will guide us by using situations that we really already know how to respond to. He'll let things show up in our life that he's already taught us what we should do, and it'll be an opportunity for us to do what we've learned so that he can continue to guide us in the right direction, right? He'll, he'll, when we study his word, he'll show new revelation to us. He'll speak to us through our spirit, and then he will also sometimes use signs, just like he did the children of Israel to guide them. God will do whatever is necessary to lead me. Somebody else needs to say that. Lord, lead me. Lord, lead me. And then we said, okay, if, if we're saying that it's a commitment that God's going to lead us, then where is that in scripture? And so we spent the first two weeks of this five-week series where we walked through anywhere from eight to 12 different scriptures that showed you how God was committed to leading and guiding you. And if you missed those, I encourage you to go back and listen to the beginning of this series all the way through, because those are the scriptures that are going to anchor you to let you know that even in times of great trouble, God is still committed to guiding you because it is God's commitment to guide us. We then discuss the seven things that we must do to allow God to guide us because God is a gentleman. God is not going to just come in and kick the door in. Again, if you miss those seven things, I'm asking you to go back and listen to the message because Pastor Shem and I walk through those seven things. I'm just gonna mention them real quick just so you can hear them in case you weren't a part of this. We said that you must have a repentant and a humble heart. Okay, must have a repentant and humble heart. We said you must have a revelation of God's willingness to guide you. You must know that these scriptures are true. Amen. We said that you must be sure that your responses uh, as he is guiding you does not negate your faith. You got to make sure that you stay in faith even as God is guiding you. And then I love this when we said that our reputation must become secondary. If God's going to guide you, you can't be worried about what you're going to look like, right? You can't be worried about what's going to happen if God tells you to give to somebody who's mistreated you. You can't think, well, they're going to think I'm weak. 
you have got to be committed to not worrying about your reputation. And then we said we must have a resting resolve void of anxiety. We got to get anxiety out of our life, right? We said we must have a readiness to obey divine instruction. You got to kill everything in you that wants to be disobedient. You got to kill everything in you that's always waiting to be disobedient and wanting to do something contrary to the will of God. And then we said that we must learn to rely on inspired responses uh, and thoughts in the moment. In other words, we got to be prompt, quick to do givers. We got to be prompt, quick to do people who obey God. We got to be prompt, quick to do people ready to forgive. And if we do those things, then we set ourselves up in a position to be able to be led by God. We then examined the scriptural evaluation of God's guidance, and we established two things. We said that God's guidance is universally offered through his scripture. So God is going to speak to us uh, through a, multi a multitude of ways that what we're going to do is we're going to uh, be able to look at scripture and know what it is that God intends for us, what God intends to do for us. And then we said that not only does his scripture do that universally, but then we said that God uses his scripture, uh, he uses his word to speak to us through our spirit to guide us uniquely. So God wants to guide us all universally, but God knows that each one of us have a different destiny and a different um outcome that we need to produce with our lives. And so then he uses his spirit to speak to us uniquely and individually. And then last week, last week, we got into talking about the believing prayerfulness for God's guidance, that God says he wants to guide me. I, there are some things I need to do to participate for God to guide me. And then there are some things I need to do for my mindset to make sure that as God is guiding me, I am not messing up along the way. And the first thing we said that we must do, we said is that we must acknowledge the preeminence of God, that we must acknowledge the preeminence of God. What does that mean? We said last week that that word imminent means to be first. The word pre means before. So we must acknowledge God is first and foremost before anything else. That includes my problems and my situations. That includes my family. That includes my wife. That includes my kids. That includes my friends. God's, God is first place. And his word, watch this, carries more weight than anybody else's opinion. Ooh, glory to God. God's word carries more weight than anyone else's opinion. Amen. And then we said the second thing we must do is that we must affirm to God our dependence on him for scriptural guidance. We must we must affirm to God our dependence on him for scriptural guidance. What does that mean? It means then that I must be dependent on God and I must say, you know what? His word is so sufficient that anything God tells me is good enough. Anything God tells me is good enough. And then we started reading in Psalms 30, Psalms 73 and 26. It says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. He says, listen, this natural heart I have, this natural mind I have, my soul, my mind, will, emotions, imagination, and my intellect, it may all fail. 
right? It may all crumble, but at the end of the day, God is strong enough to hold it all up even as it's crumbling. So I cannot put my trust in my own abilities. I must affirm God's dependence. I must affirm my dependence on God to guide me as scripture has said. We also read in Proverbs 16 and 9, it says, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Glory to God. I can plan out the best course of action, but that does not mean that just because I plan out the best course of action, that I am able to see all the pitfalls, that I'm able to see all the shortcomings. I don't know all the obstacles that are going to come against me. So I can plan out that course, but unless the Lord established my steps, I will stumble along the way. That's the reason I tell people all the time, you have to be able to hear what God said, but you also have to be able to hear what God is saying. Because God may say, go this direction, and I'm headed that direction. But then God may tell me to make a detour because he knows there's some roadblocks ahead. So he may say, now I need you to turn right. Well, if I'm only focused on what he said, which is going forward, then I keep moving forward even when he's trying to get me to do something else. And I run into trouble when he's trying to guide me away from it. So the Bible says in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And then step number three, last week, we said that we must align ourselves with the scriptures that govern our issues. What do I mean by that? If you are needing healing in your body, then you need to know what the scripture says about healing. If you are in a financial uh, distressful situation and you need to know what, what God says about delivering you out of that, you need to know what those scriptures says. You have to align yourself with the scripture that's governing whatever issue you have. When it came to Pastor Sean and I repairing our marriage, we had to go to the word of God and see what did the Lord say about how a husband should treat his wife? What did the Lord say about how a wife should respond to her husband? And we had to then come into alignment with that word. If you don't come into alignment with the word of God, then what ends up happening is that you will not be able to be all that God wants you to be. So you must come into alignment with what God wants you to be. And then we came down to number four. And in number four, we said that we must ask God for our next steps and respect the natural order of things. Respecting the natural order of things are important. Let me give you an example. If you uh, are a couple and you are expecting uh, God uh, to, to be able to bless you all to, to have a baby, Amen. Well, then as husband and wife, you have to participate in the things necessary to have a baby. You have to come together and be intimate with one another, right? Because there's a natural order of things. And even when that happens, even when that takes place, you still then have to respect the natural order that it takes months for that baby to develop inside the womb. You can't get pregnant on a Monday and want to see the baby on a Sunday right? It takes nine months generally for that baby uh, to, to be full term. And so you have to participate in the natural order of things. So God will say something like, hey, I want to get you out of debt. And we are shout about that. But then God will begin to give us instructions on how to get out of debt. And we won't participate in the natural things God's saying to us like this. God will tell us, hey, don't go to the mall and spend all the money uh, on that sale. Just because it's a sale 
doesn't mean that you need to be in uh, in the mall this weekend, right? And he'll give us natural things. And in those natural things, we have to learn to respect it. So we got to ask God for our next step. God, what's the next thing you want me to do? But then at the same time, we must respect the natural order of things. I can't get disgruntled because God says he wants me to get, get me out of debt and it doesn't take place tomorrow. What are the natural things God wants me to do so that he can put his super on top of my natural? Amen. And then the thing we ended with last week was that we must allow the peace of God to be our confirming witness. And again, I was saying last week that there are some things that, you know, your family and friends may tell you uh, that you should do. And they're not illegal or immoral, but, but you don't get peace about it when you ask God about it. When you ask God if you should do it, you don't you don't get you don't get peace. And when you don't get peace, I tell people you should not move. Let God's peace be your guide. The Bible tells us in Second Thessalonians, uh, in second, I believe it's in Second Thessalonians. It says, "Now may the Lord of Peace Himself give you peace at all times and in every way." God wants to give you peace, so He says, "Let the Lord of Peace, let 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 let, let the God of Shalom." himself give you that kind of peace. And when God gives you that kind of peace, then you can anchor yourself in it, right? But you need to have peace. You know, there have been times that Pastor Sean and I have had to make some ministry decisions. Um, and and we, we've talked to what, what would be considered to experts and, and they gave us the reasons, the pros and cons for why we should do something. And, and, and I just didn't have peace about it. I just didn't have this 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 resolve that this was okay to do and it wasn't anything illegal or immoral or or anything like that it was just that i didn't feel like that was the direction god was sending me in and even though the advice was good i didn't feel it was uniquely for me and and i ended up not moving on it and then weeks or months later i found out that had i moved on that had i had i went against what i was feeling as my peace it would have been a very bad move for me and or the ministry. And so I tell people, let the peace of God be your confirming witness. Amen. But again, in order for that to happen, you got to know the heart of God. You got to have spent some time with God. Amen. And so today I want us to get into uh, the last few of these, the believing prayerfulness for God's guidance. And I want us to take uh, just a few minutes and then just get into these next ones. And then and then we're going to be done for the day because we have the huddle uh, that's going to be taking place at 11 a.m. So if you're in town, you still got town, you still got time to come and, and, and be a part of our in-person service. People often ask me, uh, when are we going to have in-person service? Well, we have it once a month. And, and for some of you, we haven't seen you. So <laughs> if you are wanting in-person service, Today is your day. Come and join us. Amen. All right. So let's take a look at these last few. Let's take a look at number six. Okay. He, this is our believing prayerfulness for God's guidance. If we're going to have the right mindset to have God to guide us, then what we must do is that we must appropriate the grace for the difficult moments along the journey. You have got to know that just because you are a born-again believer does not mean that you will not have troubles in your life. Being, a, be, being born again does, does not relieve you of life challenges. All of us will face life challenges along the way. 
But if you know that it is God's desire to guide and lead you, then it allows you to appropriate the grace for the difficult moments. Somebody type in the comment section, say this, say difficult moments may come, but God will always be there. Difficult moments may come, but God will always be there. So, so if God is always there, if my attention is always on God, then he is always able to appropriate the grace that I need as I walk this journey. I cannot express to you enough. You will have challenges in life. But just because you have challenges does not mean that you're going to lose. God is there with you. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 9, verse 9 and 10, it says the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed. Notice that. It says the Lord is a, is, is, is a, is a safe place for those that are oppressed. He is a stronghold for us in times of trouble. It's amazing to me that so many people find themselves in trouble and what they end up doing is running away from God rather than running to God. The place you want to be when trouble comes is with your father. He says, I am the Lord and I, have a, I am a refuge for those that are being oppressed and I am a stronghold in times of trouble. And then we, feel, we find this in Romans chapter eight, verse 28. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose, who are called according to his purpose. So I know that if, if I am walking with God and trouble comes my way, I know God didn't send the trouble. In fact, you ought to type that in the comment section, say God does not send trouble. Why? Because God's a good father. Would any of you sick a pet bull on your kid to teach your kid a lesson? Would any of you let a snake bite your kid to teach your kid a lesson? Would any of you take your kid's hand and stick it on a hot stove to teach them not to touch a hot stove? Well, the Bible says then if you being earthly uh, understand that that's not right, then how much more God would not do that to his children? God doesn't send trouble. But what God does is he allows us to be able to navigate that trouble in such a way that it makes us stronger. It makes us stronger. And so the Bible says that we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. So if I'm called according to God's purpose and trouble comes, I'm cool with the trouble because my daddy's already have a, has a plan to guide me out of the trouble. Amen. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, it says, now God, praise him, is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always have all sufficiency in all things and may abound in every good work. Now, remember, we said that we must appropriate the grace for the difficult moments. Well, what does 2 Corinthians say? It says, and God is able to make all grace abound. So, so, so I need to appropriate the grace, but I don't have to try to get, I don't try to have to dig it up for myself. God will give it to me. He will make what? All grace abound toward us so that we would have all sufficiency 
in all things. So God had give me the grace that I need to appropriate, right, for this difficult journey that I may find myself in sometimes or these difficult moments. So we must understand that we must appropriate the grace for the difficult moments along the journey. Amen. And then number seven, number seven, we must accept, watch this, the wisdom of God along the journey. And remember, God teaches us as we go. You may not have all the answers when you first start off. You may, God may not give you the full, complete picture of what everything is supposed to be when you first start this journey. But I must accept God's wisdom along the way. If God tells me something today and then tomorrow God tells me something else that in my natural mind may seem to contradict what he told me yesterday, I don't try to figure out which one is which. I trust that what God is saying to me is guiding me as I go, is guiding me as I go. I allow for grace. I allow for his wisdom to be appropriated for me and with me along this journey. Remember, this, this thing, this journey that we're on is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's, it's, God is always going to be teaching me something new. He's always going to be guiding me. He's always going to give me insight that I didn't know uh, before. He's going to always be offering me new revelation. That's what the Bible says in Psalms 37 and 23. It says the Lord directs the steps of the godly. Any godly people out there? Anybody following the Lord out there? Anybody love the Lord out there? It says the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights, I love this, in every detail of their lives. Praise God. Somebody type that in the comment section. Say, he delights in every detail of my life. God delights in every detail of my life. So there is nothing that concerns me that does not concern the Father. If you don't catch anything else I say today, you ought to grab hold to that. God delights in every detail of my life. There is nothing. I don't I hear me. There is nothing that concerns my life that does not concern the Father. It says, and because of that, the Lord is willing to direct my steps. Why? Because he's just as concerned about me more so than I'm even concerned about me. Why? Because I don't even know every detail of my life, but he accounts for every detail of your life. Amen. And so number six, we said we must appropriate the grace for difficult moments. Number seven, we must, we must accept the wisdom of God along the way. Amen. And then number eight, we must we must avoid strife and negative others who attempt to talk us out of our faith. Glory to God. We must avoid strife and negative others who attempt to talk us out of our faith. I say this all the time. Many of us have well-meaning people in our lives, people who don't want to see us disappointed, people who don't want to see us let down, people who don't want to see us hurt, people who don't want us to, to be made ashamed of. And so when we start talking about the big and bold things that God's going to do in our life, they sometimes want to temper that. 
they want to say, now, hold on now, you know, and, you know, you believe in God for healing and, you know, they make medicine and, and maybe the, maybe the medicine is the best thing that God can ever give you. Or, you know, you, you saying you want to be out of debt, maybe just have enough money to pay your bills every month is enough. And they don't, they don't want you to, to believe God for everything because in their mind, you're going to be disappointed if you don't get it. But what we must understand is that our environment is always working on us. Our environment is always working on us. And so because our environment is always working on us, we have to be very careful about who we allow to speak into our lives or even about our lives. And so last year or the year before, sometimes I gave you these four things that you have to do. And we're going to talk about those real quick. There's four things you must do. You must learn to tame your team. How do you tame your team? You tame your team, the people who are around you, by making sure that you don't let them just say those kind of things to you. You have to say to your team, listen, I, 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 I know that you can't believe God for the big things. I appreciate you for who you are, but but you really, I, I really can't share my dreams and desires with you because you don't you don't believe God's big enough to do that. So I gotta find me some people in my life who believe like I believe. That's the reason I surround myself with the people I surround myself with personally, because if I say to them, hey, God said that we can raise one hundred and fifty thousand dollars and send 15 kids to college. Uh, I don't have nobody saying, whoa, I don't know if anybody's ever done that before, especially a church of your size. I don't need people like, like that's that's right. He took by Felicia. I don't need people like that around me. I need people who say one fifty. That's a light thing. Let's get it, Pastor. Let's go do it. I believe we can do it and here. I'm a partner with you to help get it done. So you got to tame your team. The other thing you got to do is you got to tame your tongue. You got to watch what you say as you're watching what other people say. You got to tame that tongue. You got to watch what you're saying. You can't let frustration build up inside of you and then you say the wrong thing out of your mouth. You got to practice only saying what the Lord would say. Amen. And then you got to learn to tame your thoughts. The, the, Joyce Meyer wrote a book called The Battlefield of the Mind. You, listen, this is where the war takes place, right between your ears. It's what you think. The enemy's only access to you is really through your thought life. It is through your thought life that he gets you to act out on your behaviors, to act out of character, to, to have certain uh, things come out of your mouth. Why? Because if you don't tame your thoughts, your thoughts eventually become words. Those words eventually become the things that you see manifested in your life. So you got to tame your team. You got to tame your tongue and you got to tame your thoughts. And then lastly, you got to tame your temperament. You got to tame your temperament. Why do you need to tame your temperament? Because your temperament is about your heart. It's, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Notice the connection, out of the abundance of my heart. How does something get to my heart? Through my thought process. Not My thought process then gets into my heart, my soul. Okay, whatever's in my soul is what I'm going to end up speaking. Whatever I end up speaking is what I'm going to end up seeing. And then I'm asking God, why am I seeing all this junk in my life? Because it's what I've been thinking about. It's what's been in my heart and it's what's been coming out of my mouth. And the Bible says wherever there's a mouth and heart agreement, we're going to see manifestation. Well, the, well, well, it didn't just say about negative things. It said that about anything. So if I get my temperament right, I get my thoughts right. I get my, my tongue right and I get my team right. 
I can begin to see the thing God wants for me in my life. So as he's guiding me and I'm facing these difficult challenges, which we're going to face, I realize I got the right support system to help me get through. Amen. And then number nine, number nine, we must apply faith without compromise. We cannot compromise just because it's difficult. It's amazing the number of people who are who are so hype and ready to to display their faith until you have to display that faith for six months, until you have to display that faith for a year, until you have to display that faith uh, for, for for a long time. Right. And, and now all of a sudden I want to give up. I want to cave in and I want to quit. No, 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 no. We must apply faith without compromise. Look at what it says in Hebrews 11. Uh, in six, it says, and without faith, it is impossible, impossible, cannot be done. What can't be done? Pleasing God. It says without faith, we cannot please God because anyone who comes to God must believe that God exists, number one. And then number two, that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. The first measure of faith you need to have is the faith that no, God wants to lead you that God wants to guide you, that God wants to give you an expected end, that God wants you to have this manifestation that he's already purposed and seen in our life. God wants that for us. He says, but you got to participate with your faith. You got to apply your faith without compromise. So even when bad situations come, even when you find yourself in detrimental spots, he says, you have got to keep on believing. That's what the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. We walk by faith and not by what? Sight. We don't go by what we can see. And that word sight is not just seen with our natural eyes. It's talking about our five senses. We don't operate based off of our five senses. Amen. We operate off of the fact that God has said a word to us. We, we know and we teach that faith begins where the will of God is known. So once God reveals his will to us, we begin to apply faith toward that word. We don't care what it looks like around us. We don't care what other people are saying. We don't care how even we feel. What did God say? What did God say to us? And then in James chapter two, verse 26, it says this, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so then faith without works is dead also. So we got to put some action to our faith. We, 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 don't, we don't sit around and, and, and not exercise our faith. We don't do the things that God has instructed us to do because we're not seeing what we think we should be seeing. The Bible says that just like your body without the spirit would be dead, so then is your faith if it has no action with it. So we got to be applying action to our faith. God says, hey, I, I, I need you to be a giver because that's going to be the way I get you out of this financial situation. Well, you can't give for five for five days or for five months and then you don't see what you think you should see and say, well, all oh, this ain't working. No, no, no. Faith without works is dead. We are consistent. The Bible says you have need of patience. That word patience is the word consistency. You have need of consistency. And so what we do is we're consistent to what God has told us, no matter what it, no matter what it looks like, no matter what we see.
And then lastly, as we finish this series out about how to walk with God and how to get God's guidance, we must learn to applaud the works of God, even in small manifestations. What do I mean? I mean, every time God shows up, you got to clap. Every time God does something for you, you got to give him some praise. I don't care if he if he ain't got you out of debt yet, but but you paid one bill off and you still got 20 more to go. Give God praise. Applaud him for everything that he does in your life. Develop an attitude. Develop a, a spirit of gratitude about everything that God does. And before you know it, you'll start seeing God do the next thing and the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. And then you are praising God for that one bill paying off. And then now you're praying God that all the bills have been paid off. Why? Because you maintain your consistency. You obey God, even when it didn't look like things were going well. You just kept on obeying God. And in keeping on obeying God, you saw the next thing happen, and the next thing happen, and the next thing happen, and the next thing happen. And before you know it, that manifestation that we read about about in the guiding word, it begins to live out in your life because this already happened. Because when God says he wants to do it, what he's in essence telling us is I've already done this. Now I need you to partner with me. I need you to walk with me. I need you to let me lead and guide you. I need you to believe that I want to lead you and guide you. I need you to appropriate the right behaviors so that I can guide you. And then I need you to have the right mindset so that as I'm guiding you, the enemy can't pull you off track. He says, and as I'm doing that, learn to be grateful the whole way through. Learn to be grateful for the journey. He says, in fact, when you fall into divers uh, temptations, when you fall into trouble, when calamity comes, he says, I need you to learn to count it all joy. Glory to God. I need you to learn to count it all joy. I need you to give me praise even when it doesn't feel like it. I need you to be able to give me honor even when you feel like I haven't been there. I need you to know that I have never left you or forsaken you. I need you to know that you have the mindset that says God has given me an assignment and God's going to see it through. He says, I need you to have that kind of tenacity when it comes to doing the things that I need you to do so that we can partner together so I can get this manifestation to you. And I'm telling you, church, if you'll do that throughout this year, in the years to come, you will have a confidence to know that God has never left you. He's never forsaken you. He's never bowed down on you. He's never bowed out on you. God has always been there the whole time waiting to lead you and to guide you. He says, all I need you to do is to trust in me completely do not rely on your own opinions. Let your entire heart rely on me so that I can guide you, help you make every single decision and that you will be led everywhere you go in everything you want to do because I think of every single detail of your life. And if you believe that, you ought to go ahead and give God some praise this morning. You ought to go ahead and just give God some praise, give God some honor, thank him for all that he's done, thank him for all that he's doing, give him praise, give him praise, give him praise. I think one of my favorite scriptures is that scripture in Philippians, and I love how it says it because it says, listen, don't worry about anything. 
It says, but give God praise for everything. It says, and when you do that, he says, then you'll be able to appropriate the grace necessary to have all the things work out for you. Amen. And so I want to encourage you, those of you that are in town, uh, you still have time to get here. The huddle starts in about 45 minutes. So if you are in town and you was just like, well, I'm just going to catch the online broadcast. You still have time to get here. You still have time to get up, throw on some clothes and get down here. There it is. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then thank him for all that he has done. And if you do that, if you live this scripture out, you'll begin to see that ease that we read about earlier. Because God says, I've already opened gates for you. I've already called supernatural manifestation to be assigned to you. He says, and if you will just walk with me, he said, there's going to be an ease that comes over your life. Amen. Listen, I encourage you go back, listen to um, part one, Listen to part two, listen to part three, listen to part four, listen to part five. You can take a whole week and on your way to work and from work uh, or while you're at home working, you can listen to one of these uh, messages uh, each day. And I'm telling you, it will absolutely bless your life. Amen. Listen, as I get ready to head next door, just got a couple of announcements for you. Want to remind you, for those of you that are online, we have multiple ways in which you can give. You can give via Givelify. You can give via PushPay. You can give via Tidally, or you can give on text to give. Uh, all you have to do is text the number 833-969-0897. That's 833-969-0897. Uh, on PayPal, we ask that you only use that if you are one of our international partners. If you're one of our international partners, we ask that you use PayPal. Everybody else in the United States, we're asking you to use either Givelify or PushPay or text to give And someone had reported to me earlier that the PushPay uh, did not have the donor cover fees option turned on. They were trying to use it. And so I reached out to them and they have confirmed for me, supposedly, I got to check it myself, that the donor uh, uh Cover fees option is now turned on on PushPay. So for those of you who were saying, hey, I tried to do that. And I couldn't do it. Next time you get ready to give on PushPay, try it. If it doesn't work, let me know. I typically use Givelify. I'm going to do PushPay this week so I can see if it works. Uh, but I typically use Givelify, so I wasn't aware of that. So thank you for those who, who let me know. So don't forget. You can always give. We thank all of our partners for giving. We thank you for your, your, your sacrifice. And at the end of the day, I thank you for being obedient to God because that's what's most important. I want to remind you one more time on Tuesday, Relationships 101. If you have not went to the Edwin and Sean Strickland page, you have not liked the page, and if you have not clicked that you are going to Relationships 101, I'm encouraging you to do that between now in, in the next hour or so. It doesn't take you but a second when you get off of here. Go to the Edwin and Sean Strickland page. If you haven't liked it, like it. If you have liked it, go ahead and click like. If you, if you I mean, click going if you're going to attend on Tuesday. And then how about this? How about share it with somebody else? Remember, 
This week is the week we're asking everybody to bring one, everybody to invite someone else to Relationships 101 with them. Also, don't forget this Relationships 101. As soon as we go live, we're going to have a, a link up where you can post your selfie. There's going to be a special prize for one couple and a special prize for one single uh, who posts their picture. So when you join Relationships 101 on Tuesday, we're going to ask you to post your selfie. Uh, and when you do, uh, we're going to take those selfies. Those that are couples, we're going to take those. Those that are single, we're going to take those. And there's a very special prize we're going to give to one uh, blessed couple and to one blessed single. But if you are not on Relationships 101, you don't get to qualify. And I give good prizes. If you don't believe me, ask the team. I give good prizes. So you want to join us uh, on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Some people be like, well, Pastor, I forgot. Set your alarm. Put it in your phone right now. Go to your calendar. Go to Tuesday. Click the little button. Type in Relationships 101, 7 p.m. Give yourself a 10-minute reminder and a one-hour reminder. That way your phone will let you know an hour before and then 10 minutes before we go live. So I expect to see you guys on there if you want to learn how to make your relationships better. Amen. Listen, love you guys so much. Can't wait to see those of you who are going to make it to the huddle. For those of you who didn't, listen, I encourage you to come in March. If you haven't experienced an in-person service at FOC, you are missing out. Amen. So God bless you and we will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.